0: This is an extra episode of the A2 Schools podcast of a recent presentation to the Ann Arbor Public Schools Board of Education.
1: It is now
2: time for our spring 2023 NWEA assessment report. Dr. Swift?
3: Thank you, uh, Madam President and trustees and members of the audience who are joining us at home and in person. Uh, We are bringing forward the spring NWEA report. I want to give my gratitude and shout out to the performance committee. Uh, This is a very quick turnaround from the close of the testing window. Um, And so our committee was able to stop, drop, (laughs) and review uh, with us. And uh, we were able then, after your thoughtful discussion, trustees, to go back in and really uh, expand on those grade-level bands, And I think what you'll see tonight is even an Im- improvement over what we saw on Thursday. I do want to—I appreciated the comments of our, those who spoke in public commentary tonight. I want to share uh, loudly and proudly that we continue our full court press to generate growth among our students So while Dr. Berger will share both the uh, mean scores and the growth scores, uh, we really do look at growth as a leading indicator, uh, because we have to stimulate higher levels of growth in order to move students forward on their uh, recovery path. I want to give a shout-out to our teachers, support staff, and leaders who have worked valiantly and this school year really created a consistency of instruction uh, that was quite impossible trustees during that prior year of lengthy quarantines and other disruptions, even though we were in school for the full year. Uh, we know that the natural state of children uh, is to grow in the presence of consistent and quality instruction and you will see tonight trustees that our students are growing it is absolutely true that we have not yet uh closed those disparities and we have not yet closed uh to the levels uh prior to the pandemic um we recognize that nwea is a one point in time measure and we promised uh, the Performance Committee and all of our trustees in our community that we are also reviewing several other uh, seminal data points. And trustees, you know, there are several of those actually in my evaluation document that will continue uh, not so much to work for evaluation, but to work for reporting of good, thorough data more than just this one indicator we understand that student growth is a leading indicator it is the pathway to achievement growth we understand that we uh, experienced disparities prior to the pandemic and uh, you will see tonight uh, that we are confronting uh, our realities we've never shied from those school districts across the country are in a similar experience and we will remain uh, deeply focused. Our teachers have worked alongside students, parents, and families, and we will continue that work. Uh, Our deep commitment uh, is to ensure that we refine our plan for 23-24. Trustees, you're aware that there were several new tools, Haggerty curricula, for example, this year, And uh, uh, with the board support later this evening, uh, we'll be infusing even more instructional materials into uh, particularly into our K-2 classrooms. So we will be sharing more as we refine our plan over the summer and uh, as we come back to school. Uh, So what you're seeing tonight really is a first blush on reporting out the very initial indicator, I am welcoming uh, Mr. Matt Hilton and Dr. Roberta Hayward, both executive directors of uh, preschool through 5th and 6th through 8th and K-8 schools. They will set the frame for our work this year, and then Dr. Berger will join us to work us through the steps Of this NWEA report. Um, Mr. Hilton.
1: Uh, Thank you, Dr. Swift and trustees. Good evening. It's nice to be back with you tonight. Um, As Dr. Uh, Swift mentioned, I'm going to, uh, Dr. Hayward and I are going to take a few minutes to set the context for the data that you're going to hear about from um, Dr. Berger here in a few minutes. So the the, the first piece of context, uh, just to stress it again, is that the NWEA data is one data point. Now, it's a really important data point, And it's a data point that we can use to help us get a, a, a higher level understanding of what's happening with our children. Uh, but it's also important to note that when we really talk about the specific needs of kids, we value our other data points to get a really complete picture of children and their, or their strengths and, and their learning needs. Second thing I want you to, to note, um, and this is a, a bit of good news here, uh, is the context of school this year. So in order for me to, to fully share what that means, I actually need to take you back in time just for a second to the 21-22 school year, where you know that that was a, a year of, of pretty constant disruption. And what I mean by that is that there was um, a a number of moments in every one of our classrooms where children were uh, identified as close contacts or uh, needing to to quarantine. And the impact of that coming and going of kids in and out of our, our classrooms really meant that teachers weren't able to fully develop the consistent routines of of small group differentiated instruction uh, to, to, to really grow kids in the ways in which we would, would typically do so. The good news is when we returned to school this fall, many of those challenges had um, uh, subsided somewhat, and we have fallen into uh, some, some really nice routines and consistency in delivering that, that kind of small group differentiated instruction that we all know that kids really do need. Last point I want to share with you, uh, in addition to the development of that consistency, is simply that our, our teachers and administrators and staff worked really, really hard to build relationships and establish that culture of dignity and belonging for kids, for staff, for families, for caregivers, and for the community. And so I'm going to invite Dr. Hayward up, and she's going to share a little bit more. Good evening,
2: trustees, Dr. Swift, and our community. I'd like to start off by uh, recognizing our building administrators, our students, our teachers, our support staff, and our amazing parents for the work that they have done throughout the course of the 22-23 school year. Our school teams have worked relentlessly during and beyond the school day, supporting students and families. Uh, The AAPS Village is embracing our students, all students, as they come to us. Our teachers have consistently worn many hats while ensuring a sense of belonging for the students that we serve. This year, post-pandemic, we have students and families who come to us on a daily basis with extremely significant needs. These needs are often associated with post-COVID trauma health issues, anxiety, uh, loss of lives within their families, social isolation, just to name a few. School teams have done the critical work of building authentic relationships with students, as Mr. Hilton has alluded to, getting to really know and listen to our students, providing consistency and ensuring structure and routines are prioritized within the school environment. Building those authentic relationships with our students and families is important at all times, um, and even more so after returning to school full time amid the COVID pandemic and virtual learning. Teaching and learning must occur. We all agree uh, with that. We also know that we have to attend to students and work to ensure that their basic needs are met. Um, In order for them to focus on learning in addition to educating our students school teams frequently provide Additional resources for our families. This includes working closely with local community centers and other organizations um, That support our students and families well-being NWA is a very important data source and as mr. Hilton said It is only one data source that we're going to share with you this evening. It is also important to know how some of our students are showing up in our schools each day. Despite some of our greatest challenges in education, such as staffing, shortages across the country, social, emotional, and mental health needs, supporting students with self-regulation, food insecurities, our schools remain steadfast as they grow each student every day. Thank you. Next up, Dr. Berger.
0: Thank you, Dr. Haywood. Good evening, trustees. I'm sure you didn't want to see me back this soon, but here we are again. So uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about the NWA results that um, we received about just over a week ago. And before I do that, before I launch into the actual results, I want to just spend a few moments to just set the stage for how we think about NWA results. Um, I think it's important to recognize what it is that we're comparing to when we look at different different test strands. So I want to talk a little bit about norm reference versus criteria reference first tonight. So norm referenced tests mean that we're We're comparing student scores to other student scores. The NWEA is a norm-referenced test. So basically we're comparing our student scores to a large national um, sample of students that was weighted and sampled in a research study done by NWEA between uh, 2015 and 2018, over nine testing terms in three years. And then when we get a student result, it's compared to that. So that works for both the achievement. When we look at our, um, our student means, we're not comparing it to what a student should know, necessarily. We're comparing it to what is the mean of that national norm. Um, so if, if our mean is higher, that means our distribution is shifted higher. If our mean is lower, it means our distribution is shifted lower. Um, but it is not saying, necessarily, anything about a student knows what they should know or, what they sh- or don't know what they should know. Um, it's, it's a comparison. Uh, as a point of comparison to that, um, we also have what are called criterion-referenced tests. In that situation, um, students are compared to some sort of defined set of knowledge. So, an example of that that we all know in Michigan is the M Step. The M Step um, test results are designed to determine a proficiency against a set of skills or knowledge. So, when we get an M Step result, we say this student is proficient, or this student is advanced, or this student is partially proficient, or this student is, you know, is not is not proficient. Um, So there, we're actually making a judgment that this student does or doesn't know what the state thinks they should know at that point. So I just want to set that stage, because everything we're looking at in both achievement and growth for NWEA is all compared to those national norms. And and I'll reference that and point that out as we um, interpret as we go through. So if we can go to the next slide. Um, we're going to look at a few separate things tonight, um, sort of in different buckets of, of ways to look at it. Uh, first, we're going to look at our mean NWA achievement snapshot, so our mean RIT scores for math and for reading, although we do reading first, then math. Um, we'll take a brief look at our mean RIT scores over time, and then we're really going to focus in on NWE gro- NWEA growth, so the percent of our students meeting or exceeding growth norms over time. Um, Much like the achievement with the NWEA growth, the way that that works in the test is that um, based on the NWEA norm study, we say a student at this point in the distribution on average grew this much. So we would expect 50% of students at that same point of the distribution to grow more than that and 50% to grow less than that. So much like the, the mean RITs. And we'll talk more about that when we get to the growth part. So if you go to the next slide, um, the, the first sort of main takeaway I want to give you all is that the AAS AAPS continues to demonstrate achievement at all grade levels in both reading and mathematics that exceeds the pre-pandemic norms based on the NWEA 2020 norms. Um, so first we're going to look at reading. If you will go to the next slide, please. Um, so this chart shows... Uh, mean writ scores by grade level, grade kindergarten through grade eight, which is uh, who we administer NWA to in the Ann Arbor Public Schools. And the uh, orange triangles are the Ann Arbor Public Schools mean writ score, and the green dots are the NWA national norm mean writ scores. So you can see that in every grade level, we are above that national mean writ Uh, And if you go to the next slide, this is the exact same thing, just with the actual numbers to what was on that last chart. Um, And you'll note that if you look in the first column, we have our Ann Arbor Public Schools mean writs by grade level. We have the NWA norm writs in the second column. And the third column shows that we are between 101 and about 105.5% of those mean writs. Um, to, To think about that another way, um for, like, for example, the kindergarten, you can see we are about eight points and some change above the mean RIT score. Um, kindergarten growth for reading over the course of a year is about 16 point something, so that puts us about half a grade level above the mean RIT score on average. Now obviously there are people at the low end and the high end of the distribution, but that, these are all averages. Um, the next graph is going to look at our math scores in a similar way. Um, Again, the triangles, in this case blue for math, are the Ann Arbor Public Schools mean RIT scores. The green dots are the NWA national norm RIT scores. And again, you can see at every grade level, we are coming in this spring above the national mean RIT scores. Uh, On the next slide, we have, again, a table that shows the actual numbers that go with those, um, those points on the previous graph. And in mathematics, you can see we're 102 to 106% of the national mean writs. So again, we're, we're coming in a decent amount above the national mean on average. Not every student, but on average. The next slide, this is a kind of a busy slide, but I'm trying to get a lot of stuff to say here at once. This is looking at over the last five years, our spring um, mean writ scores. This is a kind of a goofy way of looking at it because you can see spring 1920, that was the initial COVID shutdown. So there was no testing that was administered there. Um, Spring of 2021, that was the end of the mostly virtual year. And so those are in italics to remind us that that was administered remotely. We don't, Totally trust those results because we don't really know what the testing situation was when a student was at home. Did they get help from their parent? Did they not get help from their parent? Did they have problems accessing the online system? We don't know how, uh, how all that went. So these two years, <laughs> we can kind of just, yeah, I, we don't put a lot of stock in those. Um, and you can look at the other years from there. Um, they are color-coded. So if you wanted to, to study this carefully on your own later, um, you can kind of track a cohort is in the same color. So, you know, the blue cohort in grade one all the way in spring um, of eighteen nineteen, 19 is the blue cohort in 2021, 2021, 22, and down here um, in, in grade five this year. So that's how that's presented. Um, and then next we're going to talk a little bit about the growth part. So NWA norms specify expected growth for students, uh, a mean expected growth, based on their prior performance. So depending on where they are in the distribution, they compare that to the national norm where and all the other students who are at that same basic spot in the distribution, and they say, what was their average growth? And then we say, did that, did that student, our student, meet or exceed that average growth, or did they not meet or exceed that average growth? Um, and so... In the Ann Arbor Public Schools, we continue to to work to increase students meeting those average growth rates, and we particularly um, have work to do on that um, among our lowest achieving students, which you'll see as as we move on from here. So the first display is kind of an overview. Um, In this situation, we're looking at math and reading over time, starting in 2012 through this spring. These are spring results across the board. Uh, The blue line is our math, and the orange line is our reading. And what this represents is the percent of students who we had at or above that mean growth. So again, we would never expect all of our students to achieve that mean growth necessarily unless we're in Lake Lake Wobegon where all of the students are above average, right? So, uh, But in this case, you can see that um, we have our math and reading, and... I'm specifically focusing on 2022 to 2023. So, how are we doing this year compared to last year? And we can see in reading um, there was a, a 1.9 percentage point increase in uh, the percentage of students overall across all grade levels who who met that who were at or above that growth mean. And in math, there was a negative 1.9. It went down 1.9 percentage points. Um, the number of students who were at or above that norm growth mean so we will look more carefully at this in the next several slides but this is just kind of an overview we went up a little in reading across everything and down a tick in math across everything both of these are statistically significant um, a lot of that has to do with the end size being pretty large like 10,000 students so if we move to the next slide this is um, breaking down more specifically the, the reading results. So in this situation, what, what I've done is that orange line is the same as the orange reading line you saw in the last graph. Um, the, the purple line above the orange line, those are students who are at or above what the NWA says average performance. So the, the 41st percentile and above on NWA RIT scores. The green uh, part below that you can see here that is the students below what NWA calls average performance, so zero to to the to the fortieth percentile. So the lower achieving RIT students. Um, and so what I've done here is oh, and the numbers on each dot um, are the number of students in each of those that that dot represents. So it gives you an idea of our end size for for these. Um, in general. Are the green line or the students who are below the 40th percentile is roughly 18 to 25 percent of our population and the the students who are above the 40th percentile are the rest so 75 to 80 percent approximately um, so you can see in reading in both the upper and the lower um, performing students we had an increase in our growth which, Make sense because we had an increase in the reading, so we could see that across the board there. Um, the, the interesting thing here, and the thing that I, I think we are working to attend to, is the fact that we have a lower, um, lower percentage of our lowest achieving students who are meeting that mean growth goal. So you can see, you know, we're, we're hovering around 30 percent of our lowest achieving students, and we're hovering around you know, 60 to 60-ish or a little above percent of our higher achieving students. So about twice as many of our higher achieving students are hitting that growth norm as compared to our lower achieving students. Um, So to dig into this further, if you go to the next slide, here this is the same basic thing. Uh, The upper left panel is the same thing you just saw. The orange line is everybody. Uh, The green is the lower um, performing students. The purple is the higher performing students across all grade levels. And then this is broken down by levels. So you can see in grade levels K through two, in grade levels three through five, and in grade levels six through eight. In general, you can see that most of these are going up. In grades three through five, where we have this slight negative, but it's very small, those two negative 0.7 and negative 0.4 results are not statistically significant. I did check that. Most of the rest of them are. so you can see, in reading, in general, we're going up a little bit. Um, that's especially pronounced uh, in our grade K through 2. You can see we have increases of um, 3 to 4 percentage points in, in all, of, all, all across the three um, lines there. Uh, we have this slight dip in um, the sixth through eighth grade. And that was mostly driven by eighth grade, if I'm remembering correctly. So, so this is a look at reading by level. Um, This is going to look very similar to what you just saw but for math instead of reading Um, And of course math is the one that we were more concerned about because we saw that slight tick down as opposed to the reading Which which was a a tick up and if you look at this you can see again This is the the higher achieving students are purple. The lower achieving students are the green um, the the numbers are the number and the number of students in each of those groups that that's representing and Interestingly, there, there's a bit of a, a, cha- a difference here. You can see in the upper achieving, it went down a little bit. Um, and in the lower achieving students, we actually are still increasing growth, which that's the good news here. Um, and, and sort of a good news, bad news. you know, The math went down a little, but our lowest achieving students are still increasing their growth. So, so that, that, was a, that was a good takeaway from this. Um, if we go to the next slide, this is, again, breaking it down um, by level. So the upper left panel, again, is, is what you saw on the previous slide. Um, K2, again, you can see we have increases, pretty sizable increases across the board. Um, we're looking at, at four to 6% percentage point increase for K through two. So, so that's a good news piece. Um, three through five and six through eight are where, you know, we have some room to improve and some room for growth because you can see, especially in grade levels three through five in the Upper achieving students, there's there's a dip for sure. I mean that's ten point ten percentage point dip, or almost eleven. Um, but again, the the sort of like the good news hiding there is we do have an increase in our lower achieving students, a two point four percentage point increase in grades three through five, and our lowest achieving students. So so there's a, a small silver lining to that. Um, and then in grades six through eight, that's another area of concern because you can see that that's going down between two and three percentage points from last year um, across all the groups that we have. So, so then um, finally, uh, just kind of a, the takeaways here. I'll, I'm just restating what I've already said. Um, the Ann Arbor Public Schools continues to exceed national pre-pandemic n- norms in mean RIT scores, and thus in the percentage of students at or above grade level in both reading and mathematics. Um, Growth data indicates that our lowest-performing students are not meeting growth goals at the same rate as their higher-performing peers and require additional layers of support to close gaps in urgent and targeted ways. Um, Growth areas of strength, the reading showed an increase overall, and that was especially driven by lower elementary grades. Math showed significant increases also in grades K through 2, so K through 2 was a good news story here. Um, Areas for growth, math showed that decrease overall of 1.9 percentage point decrease. And that was largely driven, um, looking at individually grade by grade, that was largely driven by grades four, five, and eight. Even though we saw the big dip in three through five, that was driven by grades four and five, not not grade three. Um, And then reading grade five showed um, a decrease in those meeting growth expectations also. Uh, So that is what I have to share today. And if there are questions, I will take them.
2: Okay, I want to thank Mr. Hilton and Dr. Hayward and Berg for the presentation. Thank
0: you. Thank you for listening to this extra episode of the A2 Schools podcast, featuring a recent presentation to the Ann Arbor Public Schools Board of Education. Please subscribe to our podcast to hear Superintendent Swift talk about important AAPS issues and more. You can find out more about AAPS at a2schools.org.